All right, guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Paul Zing, going to be getting into the 3M Open. Now, do want to just say, I did have COVID on Tuesday. It was pretty much on my ass for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Didn't really get to enjoy the Open Championship. Got to enjoy a little bit of the Barracuda Championship. Both kind of easier weeks in DFS and kind of betting-wise as well. The outright bets on the Barracuda Championship didn't knock one there, uh, but they did really well. A bunch of them finished in the top 10. Uh, was able to dial in the betting card on the open championship to four players uh smith was one of them so uh you know decent week overall we'll take those weeks uh but we're gonna get into this week and i'm sorry if this isn't the most like fluent video like i said just getting off of covid um it was a rough it was a rough week there guys uh and what sucks is that i made it through a big stretch of it without getting covid and then i got this last weekend so uh, kind of crazy there, but we'll get into the 3M Open, a field that I'm pretty excited for, guys. It is casually loaded. It's going to be pretty easy to make a strong DFS build if the first two players that were popping up for me didn't just withdraw, and that's the tough part, so we'll get into that right now. So the unfortunate side of it here is that two of the core plays, two of the players that were coming in checking all the boxes were Mark Harbert and Charles Howell III. Now, I don't really get why they withdrew, but they did withdraw, okay? That sucks because, as we can see, they would have been two perfect plays. Mark Hubbard played this course last year, finished 16th. You look at Charles Howell III, you know, three pretty good finishes here. Both of them were in good recent form. Uh, Mark Hubbard has been right there, right there to win a tournament and just hasn't been able to do it. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It was just weird. It was just weird that they withdrew, honestly. Um Obviously, they're trying to take like a personal week, I think, before they have to go and uh, kind of compete for the FedEx Cup. But this would have been a perfect week for them to potentially get a PGA Tour victory because <laughs> perfect plays. And I wonder if they know that when they withdraw. Like, I kind of wish I could have been like, hey, guys, you, <laughs> you're going to probably be in contention to win this week. Don't withdraw. This is your chance to win. I wonder if they know that stuff because it doesn't seem like it to me. But uh, just looking at guys, this is the way that I'm kind of going to go about the video, especially this week, because, well, like I said, still kind of recovering. But looking at it right now, it is going to be a good weather event right now. The weather doesn't look too crazy on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, it is a TPC-style course. It is a normal scoring event. Uh, it's in Minnesota. TPC, Twin Cities is the course. Uh, Blaine, Minnesota. Uh, it was about two and a half hours away from where I went to college. And for those of you guys that don't know, about two and a half hours away from, well, maybe only like two hours away from where Troy Mayer went to school as well. We both went to the same school for about, well, it wasn't at the same time, but he went for a year, um, played golf there for a year. I actually played football there for a year. Uh, so we both kind of had the same uh, path, I guess, athletically, except for he transferred up. I decided to quit playing. But uh, Troy Mayer, so he does kind of have some local ties there as well. Kind of a golfer that seems to be going under the radar, which I'll touch on a little bit later on. We got Bank Green's Arnold Palmer course design. Uh, we only have three years of course history to go off it, of, just so you know. Uh, the key stats we're, that we're going to be looking at are kind of interesting to me. Uh, it was very interesting to see wedge stat. The wedge stat was actually one of the most like predictive in terms of players that have won. Players that have won have ranked fifth in uh, wedge scoring. So pretty much 125 in. It's like one of the most key stats. And it makes sense. I was at this tournament uh, three years ago for its first tournament. And we could really see that a lot of golfers were left with literally 125 in or right around the green, but still far off. Strokes getting around the green and strokes getting putting, all, not all that huge. It's really all about the 125 and in, okay? That's going to be the key stat. And that's, everything else is pretty much 
even par with what it typically is. Like birdie to bogey ratio, we're looking at strokes can approach casually, but not as much. Par four scoring, we are looking at it is a par 71 course. Um, and then strokes can like tee to green, strokes can total. Like those are the typical stats that pop up. But this course is kind of unique in that you're kind of set up with the same sort of shot coming in. Uh, the biggest defense is going to be it has a ton of water hazards. It's one of the courses that have the most water hazards in play. And it's actually one of the reasons why I came up with like the nine to five database uh, to be as in-depth as it could be uh, so we could pull up stuff like weird stuff like um, water hazards in play. So let's say we want to look at, I don't know, a good decent amount of water hazards in play, I think is around eight. You know, that's a decent amount. So we could see, hey, which golfers are the best golfers with a lot of water hazards in play? And we can see there's a decent amount of starts that goes into this database. Okay, so it's just fun to look at. Like none of these golfers really dominated on this style, of course, but we can kind of see just based off of that, this tournament is kind of why I started to include that stuff. But I did go to this event three years ago. Honestly, it was a very fun cut sweat. So if you're in the area, try to go to this tournament. I don't think I'll be able to, unfortunately, a little bit booked up this weekend. Um, and obviously coming off of COVID, I don't want to be going around spreading that. So kind of sucks. I always look forward to this event. It's a fun event. Uh, so enjoy it guys. It really is like the field is casually pretty strong. Like I said, it's going to be easy to make a strong build and you can enjoy that. There's not a lot of fans that really are going to be following the good plays like Adams Fenson here, guys, Adams Fenson is coming in, checking all the boxes. Look at this seven straight make cuts in a row. And pretty much all of his recent form has been top 25 or better finishes. He is someone that you could get away with betting top 25. And I, I really like that idea. Uh, let's just look at his recent form. We'll look at his last 10 starts. So uh, once again, this is going to be, this is available on nine to five sports right now, this tool it's under the alternative event. So you go here, go to the golf tab. It's on the alternative event right now. Um, I think at the end of this season, so like in a month and a half, it's crazy. It's coming up, guys. Uh, that's when I'm going to start to implement all these new changes site-wide uh, just to continue to make 9to5 the best, uh, you know, database experience, customer experience out there for you guys. But look at this recent form. So let's just look. Um, in his last start, 6th, and then 24th, 25th, 21st, 45th, 40th. You know, pretty good stuff there just in the short term and in the long term. Overall, we can see course history rank-wise, sixth in that, recent form rank, 21st. Like, not great, but still pretty good. Uh, we did see that top 10 finish in there. Uh, stat rank, you know, top 20, mile rank, top 12. So, Adam Svensson at that price tag, and this is what I mean, where it's going to be very easy to make a strong build. And I'll show you guys at the end of this as well, is that he's very cheap. <laughs> and we look at someone like Sunjay M. Now, Sunjay M is not in good recent form. So I'm a little bit surprised that he's popping up on a core play for the data tag. Now this is, oh boy, <coughs> sorry. This is different from what I see. Um, but the data tag is saying, hey, he's so strong everywhere else, including recent form wise in this field that we should kind of treat him as a core play, even though his last three events have not been great. After that, they have been pretty good events. So you can use Sun Jame if you want, personally. <coughs> Man, sorry, guys. Personally, I might go with someone like Tony Finau instead. Tony Finau, yes, he's going to be the class of the field, but you could easily afford to pay out for him if you want to. Hasn't had the best course history. 28th, 3rd, and 23rd place finishes here. But we can see he's going to be like a strong play. Uh, he's actually in the best recent form in the field. Uh, sixth best staff in the field. Specialist could be a little bit better. Uh, course history ranks still top 10. And that kind of tells us all we need to know about this field. Still going to be a great play. High exposure players as a whole. I actually really like Adam Hadwin. So Adam Hadwin is going to be coming in off of a miscut. That's why he's not a core play. But he does have great course history here. 
Uh, I know a lot of people might be making the Canadian to Minnesota uh, narratives this week, and I kind of get that. Uh, there is some merit to that. My boy, Troy Merritt. Oh, just, I love a good pun. Um, but Adam Hadwin here, a sixth place finish and a fourth place finish. Like that is really good overall, you know, best course history. You're not going to be able to really beat that course history. Um, stat rank 25th, you know, that, that could be better. And then recent form rank still top 15 overall ranks. I was the fifth best pick in the nine to five mile. I do also really like Maverick McNeely here, guys. Maverick McNeely has been in some pretty good recent form over his last three starts. And that's kind of where we're concentrating with Maverick McNeely because he went through a rough stretch in there. He did. He kind of sucked for a while there. We can see that. Um, prior to that, he did really good. So it's kind of like which Maverick McNeely are we going to get? And I think he just kind of went through a rough patch. We do see that from time to time with golfers where they go through a rough patch. But really since then, has been really good. So RF1, recent form one, ninth. Uh, we look at RF2 and RF3, 16 and 18. So really good starts there from him overall. So I really do like Maverick McNeely as a play. Uh, we can see 16th place finish at this event last year. I like to see that as well. Something that's been in contention, you know, last week and kind of three weeks ago as well. So, you know, he's right around winning a tournament. And, you know, this could be the tournament that finally gets it done for him where, you know, he's had a cheap price thing. This kind of goes back to where it is easy to make a good build. Uh, so he's a player that I really like as well. I kind of see him more as a core play. Uh, Cameron Tringali is kind of the definition of someone that is a great high exposure play. Uh, so that's where the data tag is coming in really nice here for him. So, you know, not the best quote unquote recent form. We can see 62nd, 6th, 72nd, 14th. The upside finishes have been there from him. It's just the consistency has not exactly been there from him. Uh, let's just look at a little bit further. 48th, 93rd, 41st, 33rd, 19th. You know, he's been a good enough golfer. And in this field, you obviously expect him to go out and perform, probably going to get a top 10 finish. But the thing we really like about him is that he has good course history. 16th, 3rd, and 42nd. Honestly, for a while, I had been wanting to place a future outright bet on Cameron Tringale um, just because he's like kind of the perfect golfer for this tournament. You know, he's pretty good uh, staff it wise, top 10 in the field. Specialist wise could be a little bit better, but overall still a top 10 play. So he's a player that I really like. Another golfer that I kind of see as more of a core play than I do high exposure play is going to be Adam Long. So the reason he's not a core play is going to be this miscut three years ago. I'm not too worried about that. Since then, he's went second and 25th. Obviously, we love that. Pretty good recent form as well, 13th, uh, 25th, 21st. Um, overall, top 10 in the field in recent form rank. You know, course history-wise, 26th, not terrible. Uh, stat rank-wise, 24th, not terrible. Um, top 13 in the 95 model. Can't really go wrong there. Uh, he's looking like a strong play as well. And then if we go lower down, like JT Posen, if you want, I don't love him as a play, but you know, no one expected him to make the cut uh, last week. If you guys want to play him, you can. I actually do really like Michael Glillick here. Michael Glillick has casually been playing really well. He's made his cut in his last four starts on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's made two straight cuts here at this event. Uh, could be a better stat fit, but you know, at 7K to get a player that's going to rank out top 25 in the 9 to 5 mile, I really like that. A golfer that has good course history. Um, <coughs> and if you guys believe in like the Canadian ties there, obviously he's going to be a strong play for you. Then looking at something like Justin Lauer, who's been playing some pretty good golf. He's been a golfer that, you know, has either been right at the end of making the player pool or he is making the player pool right at the end of it. Maybe this is a week where we're getting on a little bit more where, you know, he is pretty cheap. He's going to make for a strong GPP play, I think. Obviously, ranking out as a high exposure play is never a bad thing. Uh, and then we're going to get into the mid-exposure plays here for you guys. There are a decent amount. Uh, so, Salit Tagala getting knocked a little bit for, uh, you know, course history rank. 
that's that's pretty much the biggie here. Uh, missed the cut in his first attempt. That's kind of the knock there. Obviously, he's been a strong offer. Ace trade make cuts in a row. His price tag makes sense. Davis Riley, mid-exposure play because he doesn't have any course history. Uh, really checking all the boxes. I think he makes for a great GPP play. But once again, pretty soft price point, so you could easily make him work. Uh, Cam Davis, I don't typically love as a play. I, I see him as pretty much a quote-unquote mid-exposure play like he is priced here. Um, has been playing better, though. Sixth, eighth, that's pretty good stuff there from him. A player that I like a decent amount is actually going to be Brendan Steele, who made the cut here in his first attempt. Uh, 8.3 is pretty cheap. Uh, he's made a ton of cuts in a row. He's finished 25th, 10th, 9th, and 51st. <coughs> uh, he's the top specialist in the field. You know, pretty good stuff there from Brennan Steele. Um, going lower, like I don't love the rest of the guys here. Baddeley's popping up, I guess. Uh, Atwell's been popping up a decent amount. I don't love those guys. You don't have to play them. And just talking about some golfers that are going to be some fades as well. Uh, fades are golfers that are just not really checking any boxes um, and they're kind of just priced up a little bit too much. Now, Cameron Champ, how freaking random was that victory of his last year? A lot of people were chasing distance stats and it, it, didn't, it didn't really pan out statistically, although it worked with Cameron Champ. Uh, kind of one of the luckier hits, I think, uh, for people last year. And this is where last year was a very big or bigger bet the, nut, bet the number year where there's like four or five like bet the number bets where Poor recent form uh, where you just like, ooh, I got to take the number on a golfer because, you know, this is way too good of a number on a great golfer. Well, turns out this was just in retrospect, kind of like my Ryan Brem outright hit uh, at the alternative event where it's like looking back, it's like that was just a very lucky outright bet hit. Um, that's kind of what Cameron Champ was last year. So I don't see it coming all together for him uh, this week. He didn't play well at the John Deere Classic, um, which is – I don't want to say it's a similar style course event, but it is a Midwest course event. Um, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Ryan Palmer, you know, Ryan Palmer finally played well last week. Not a terrible play. Top 21 in the 9 to 5 mile, but just not a good enough play. That just kind of goes through and through with all these golfers here. Like Smotherman, not terrible. Lucas Glover, not terrible. And I actually like Troy Merritt here, guys. Let's talk about Troy Merritt. And this is where there's a hum human element side to the data tag, which is this bar right here, Okay. This is just kind of telling us what the data sees. Okay, the data sees these golfers as fades. Personally, I love Troy Merritt as a play this week. <laughs> so he's actually been finding ways to make cuts um, or just playing good enough. And this is going to be a lower caliber field event. So I do expect him to find a way to make the cut. So the thing about it is, if you didn't have that prior knowledge to Troy Merritt, having played golf at Winona State, Minnesota school, you wouldn't know that he kind of has those ties to Minnesota. Now, who knows if he actually played TPC Twin Cities. You know, it's a D2 school. Winona State's a D2 school. But still, he went to golf in Minnesota. I'm sure he plays some courses around the Twin Cities area. Like I said, it's not too far away. But it, it does make sense for him to play in this event. Um, kind of being a Midwest boy, obviously, from Iowa, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I like him as a play. So he's made two out of three cuts here with a top 10 finish. His recent form has been good enough. Price point's cheap enough where you can obviously play him. I really don't mind him as a pick this week. <laughs> and then I'm just going to go through and just see if there's any other golfers that are kind of catching my eye. Um, you know, Nick Hardy, you could play Chris Goddard up. I think he's going to get a lot of chatter this week where... <coughs> Sorry, guys. It doesn't really make sense for Chris Goddard up to be in as much hype as he is. Um, already from what I've seen on Twitter, 
he's a fine play. But there's going to be other good enough plays as well that you can roll with in his price point range. Uh, you know, that's really it. I, we can kind of see the plays that we like here. Um, for me, it's going to be building from kind of this price point range. These three golfers I like a lot, and even Cameron Davis, as well as Cameron Tringali. I really wish I could go Adam Long, Mark Hubbard, uh, Brennan Steele, Charles Howell, Nick Hardy, and like feel good about it. And I would. I'd feel great about it. But obviously, Charles Howell, Mark Hubbard withdrew. That's the worry there. Uh, but let, let's make a build here, guys. <laughs> Once again, I apologize for the voice, guys. Um, still recovering from COVID, apparently. Energy is not fully back just yet. All right. So I do really like Adam Hadwin. I like Maverick McNeely a lot. Uh, let's see if we can fit those guys in. Um, I don't know if we will be able to. Adam Long, I see as a core play, like I mentioned. <laughs> Put him in there. Uh, Brent Steele, I do like a lot as a play. Put him in there. <laughs> Nick Hardy, I would want to fit in there. We'll see if we can. Adam Svensson, definitely going to put him in there. I think he's a strong play. And then Michael Gluck at 7K. Looks like someone that's going to make a cut. Harren's very interesting to me as well. Harren's a guy that I've mentioned on the 95 write-up. Um, he's a golfer that if he just eliminates his one bad round, and it's a blow-up round. It's really bad. You know, he would be in contention a lot more because he can go low. This is a tournament in which, or course, that you can go low at. I don't mind him terribly. But, you know, we'll put in Glillick right now. It's a little bit too much. A little bit too much to make that work. And then just as an FYI, um, I don't know if Michael Kim has been confirmed in the field just yet, uh, but I did see outright odds on him at 150 to 1, guys. 150 to 1. For a golfer that in two events straight, one on the Corn Ferry Tour um, and then one on the PGA Tour, has been in contention to win. Um, and really, on the Corn Ferry Tour, has brailed off a bunch of top 25 finishes in a row. One, I would say, place an outright bet on him at 150 to 1. Probably some other sites you can find it uh, deeper, but if he gets added to the DraftKings player pool, if he's in the field, um, he'd be someone I would want to look at as well. I'd probably like him the most. And he, he'll probably be a value play this week, so could be a sneaky play. But we have a little bit too much left over here. <laughs> so instead of Adam Hadwin, let's go Davis Riley. And this lineup is pretty darn sexy, guys. Um, like, I'll take this. I love this build. This should be a strong build. And that's kind of what I mean is that it is very easy to make a strong build this week. It's almost, I think it's personally just as easy as last week. And it's a little bit more straightforward than last week where... Yeah, sure, we were forced into playing Max Homa, and that's kind of how I feel about Adams Benson this week, is that we're kind of forced into playing him. Uh, hopefully it works out this week. Um, the biggest worry with Max Homa last week ended up being that he's paired with Tiger Woods. Honestly, if he wasn't paired up with Tiger Woods, I think he makes that cut. Um, obviously, we don't have to worry about Svensson being paired up with Tiger. So um, that that's all I have for you guys for this video. <sighs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, sorry for the voice. Um, hopefully it'll be better by the next video as well. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. If you guys want to join 9 to 5 Nation, best value in PJ DFS, $10 a month. Links in the description below. All right, thanks for watching, guys. And as always, let's keep cashing.